here's the bottom line message. How you see the world affects everything in your life. And I call that, and that is basically defined in, in our culture as a worldview. Your worldview, the way you see the world, the way you see your world, the world you live in, Ricky's world, and the way I see the world beyond me, all that affects everything in my life. All my life outcomes, all the things that happen to me, my relationships, how I, how I manage crisis. All that shows up and reflects my worldview. So if I have a, a view that nothing should ever go wrong in my life, that's my worldview. And if anything ever goes wrong in my life, then, then I'm angry, I'm, I'm upset, I need, I need to pray, I need God to fix it right now. Then that means I have a worldview that is not a healthy one. Because life will have, as we'll see in a minute, various trials. Things will go well, sometimes things will go bad. There's winter, summer, spring, fall, that's part of life. And if you develop the right worldview, you'll manage your crisis better. If your worldview is not proper, sometimes the way you manage work will be difficult. The way you work. When a person, and I've hired a lot of people over the years, hundreds, and as an employer, I have learned that some people come to work with a worldview that's not consistent. And, and that's why next week we'll talk about that. And if you notice at the end of your notes, there's always a next week and then a read ahead. So you can read ahead and see what I'm going to talk about next week. But next week we'll talk about this whole idea of working together and this whole idea of how your work habits are a reflection of what you believe. If you're late all the time, that says something about what you believe. Your, your worldview. Your view of how the world should wait for you to get there. And that's, that's a powerful concept. Then we're going to talk about the way you communicate. And how communication affects a lot. And it's a reflection of your worldview. If you cuss people out when you're mad, if you yell, if you scream, if you holler and you get bullish and you, ah, then that's, that says something about you. Your worldview. And so there is something that is obvious to people who deal with you when they deal with you. You're really good at kissing, hugging, and smooching. That's good. You're good at that. Talking, no. Your, and your worldview could be, I don't have to talk if I don't want to. And you say that a lot, and I don't want to. I just don't like that. And so your, your view is, well, if you don't want to pay me back and you borrow the money, that should be okay. Your worldview is people should just let you do what you want to do, and that's okay. That's, you don't understand why he wants to leave you. Well, you hit him in the head, you know, right cross, remember? So now he doesn't want to be with you anymore. She doesn't want to stay with you anymore. You don't understand why she won't forgive you. They're, 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 you're, this, is, this whole message is about you analyzing this whole series, your worldview. And today, we're going to talk about your worldview, about specifically when it comes to challenges in your life. The last series, the term we're going to talk about is your worldview of seasons, how you manage your seasons. Sometimes the seasons in your life, as I say, are different, and some people just don't do well. They want every, all of life to be summer. James says it's not like that. James starts out and he says these words in James chapter, chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So he's kind of saying, listen, uh, life is full of trials and they come in a variety of forms. Various trials. And he says what helps you, though, survive the trials is something you know. 
that the testing of your faith produces patience. I don't know if you're like me. I never did like tests. Uh, I wish professors and teachers could just grade you based on, I don't know, your smile or something. But I, 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 didn't, I didn't like the testing part of it. How many, how many school teachers do we have in here? Do you, talk, do you teach school or taught school? Okay. Do you, do you like giving tests? It's horrible. Just yes. No. Just, you, you, you like giving tests. Okay. You don't like giving tests necessarily. Who else? What, what, which one? Raise your hand, teacher. I want to say you like giving tests. No, I don't. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. You, no, no. You like giving, you like giving tests. I don't like grading them. You don't like grading them, but you like giving them. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. We, okay. Yes. 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 You like, you like giving tests. Okay. Yes. It's the way you give them. It's the way you give them. Uh-huh. Not the regular paper and pencil. Yeah. Then I don't mind. Okay. We're giving them different ways of showing us. Okay. What they if need. you can give them different ways, you you gotta like it. But now, okay, you shouted out yes. <laughs> okay. Now you know people can't hear you on stream, and I'm gonna have to repeat what you say. Okay. Tell me why you like giving tests. Let's say it in a brief way, so I can repeat what you say. Uh, I mean, I feel like if I spend my time. Okay. If you spend your time teaching my children. Teaching your children. You need to know what they know. They got to give it back to you. Look at him. You got a good answer, doesn't he? You got a good answer. That was it. That was <laughs> Wow. I like that. I might write a book on that. Give you a little credit, man. That was great. I mean, I, I, I think he's right. I, I think there's something about the view, your view of that. And that's what James tries to capture, God's view of trials in your life, challenges. His view is, is something that builds patience and perseverance in your life. Look at the text, I'll show you. He says, let me tell you what it does for you. Let me show you how it helps you. Let me give you a clear, simple, hold on for a second, get my word right on Okay. It, it gives you a simple, clear summary of what it does for you. Here's what he says, James chapter uh, 1, verse 2. He says, I'm sorry, he says, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. patience. But let patience have its perfect work, a perfecting work. Why? That you may become perfect and complete. The goal is that once you've taught it, you want to make sure the students get it so they can get all the benefit out of it. That takes a certain worldview. And the question is, when you have challenges in your life, can you see it that way? Or do you get overrun by the fact that you're having a challenging moment? And, and I, I believe when you step back and consider a way to manage this that's different than panicking and falling out, you'll have a better result. Let me show you the, the simple uh, way James says to manage the challenging seasons of your life when they come. Number one, ask God. Read this with me, please. So ask God in faith. Believing his, way believing his way is the best way. The best. So when you come to a challenging moment in your life and you, you can't quite figure it out, he says, I want you to come to God and ask God for help. And then when you come, he says, you got to ask, verse 6, in faith, understanding that without doing that, you're not going to get any help. So when the challenging seasons come, rather than freak out and 
complain and view this as a potential moment that's going to benefit me. Somewhere in this cloudy day, something's going to happen that will guide me to a better place. I believe that when I've had tests in my life, they showed me, especially when I wrote papers, um, you know, at the master's level, you start writing a lot more papers, and there's something about that level of learning that forced me to articulate in clear language what I believed about something, whether it was ethics or whether it was um, strategy, because my master's is in strategic leadership, so uh, all these uh, papers had to be written about leadership and strategy and how it related to the Bible and how it, and it was a whole bunch of stuff anyway. And in the middle of working on that, and, and, and in the middle of, of, of defining what I thought, I learned myself. The process exposed me to my worldview. If you want to know how you think, tests will reveal it. That's why relationships are hard. Because when you get married, now you're being tested. When you date somebody, now you're being tested. When you get a new job, new city, new people, there, there's a, there are pressures you face. And in that moment, you learn something. Something about you rises. I did not know that I had a certain worldview. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I would... Um, respond certain ways until I was made angry. I didn't understand that I would panic until I got to the place that the money was running out. I didn't understand how to manage multiple things. Staff people, just having, just having a staff, that is a whole nother experience. Working for somebody is one thing, but writing the check is another. And, and managing payroll and all the laws and all the, all the, all the benefits and all that stuff. It's, it's one thing to be on one side, and, but each side, whether I'm the employee or the employer, when it gets challenging, my worldview becomes clear to me because I learn things. Having little children, you think you have a clear view of yourself, but you don't until you have children, you know. You know, you, you think you got, I know what my children are not going to do. You do? <laughs> really? Oh, they'll help you with that one. Your worldview, your, your view of parenting, your view of marriage. I see it with brides all the time. They come down now, they're so beautiful, and he's so happy. And, you know, you know I just, I'm always going, okay, this is the good part. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, it is. It's great. I, I think it's wonderful. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to find out the worldview of that person is different than yours. I laugh. We got married. Diane is not. I'm a, I like all lights off in the dark. She says like a bat. Like, I mean, like pitch black, fall down, can't see nothing. Dark. Diane likes lights on. Me. So I cut lights off. Guess what she had the nerve to do? Turn it back on. Now, you know that ain't good. Excuse my grandma. I, 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 I am not, um, I'm, I'm not a math, per I'm a math person to a degree, but not like her. I mean, she's another level of math person. Her whole family is, they got this math pride thing, you know. My mama taught math and her mama taught all the high maths, you know, the maths you can't hardly pronounce. And um, <laughs> so 
And uh, what did your mama teach? She taught what? What did you teach? Calculus. Calculus, one, two, and three. And trick. She taught trick, all that stuff. Okay, good. All right, that's enough of that. Anyway, so when we got married, Diane would go to the grocery store, and Diane would um, go in with $20, and that was her budget for the week because we were tight back then. Now, this was back in the, in the 80s, okay? So she'd go to the grocery store, $20, and she would spend $18.95. She good. Now, I'm going to give it to her. Me, I don't trust myself. <laughs> My view was I'm going to embarrass myself. I used to bag groceries when I was coming up as a kid. So I saw people get too many groceries. And you ever had to put it back? <laughs> That's a bad moment. <laughs> I, been, I, I mean, I bagged a bunch of people groceries. They, nah, I see. I got $20, 25 Okay, put, put, put that grape back and, and uh, put a couple apples. And I, I bowed to God. That will never happen to me. So we got married. We go to the grocery store. I got to have $50 in my pocket. If the budget is 20 I got to have twice. But she would go in and calculate it in her head. Let's see, this plus 60%, plus, plus, mm-hmm. and then the minus got coupon, 10% off. In her head. I said, she's crazy. I ain't doing that. No, I'm not doing that. Two totally different views of the world. I always wanted to explore something. Like one time we went to a hotel. And the hotel was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And the hotel was, um, she walked, we drove to it. And Diane said, we can't afford to stay there. I said, oh, we haven't checked yet. She said, I know one thing, we can't afford to stay here. It was a Hyatt or someplace. And so we went, I went in, I left her in the car in unbelief. <laughs> and I went, and it was $20 a night on sale. Thank you, Jesus. Now, she didn't stay in the car. She came in with me, praise God, in the end. That worldviews. Now, now her views change. She believes in all these cruises and stuff. My worldview is growing. Come on, say amen. (laughs) But where where did our different worldviews come from? Her her worldview for education was way past mine. You know why? Her mother, her family were educators. And so when I'm exposed to a different worldview, my worldview grows. So here's the question for you today. Where's your worldview? And is your worldview hindering you? Has God brought people into your life to help grow your worldview? But you are resistant to it. You're not open to looking at the world differently. It's only the way you see it. James says, no, see it differently. See the difficulties in your life? differently. Sometimes God's trying to broaden your world. He's trying to help you get to another place. Our church cannot do God's will unless our worldview broadens. Because some of our assumptions aren't true. Have you ever assumed something for a long time and found out you were wrong? Have you ever believed things? Let me give you one thing I believed for a long time and and found out that my worldview was wrong. James talks about it in verse 9. The assumption that wealth, for example, will solve all of your problems. That's a worldview. 
So all of your life is about finding wealth. Not against wealth, not against prosperity. But here's what he said in verse 9 that I thought was fascinating. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flowers falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. So I thought having more money, providing more for my family, my view was that's the, the world, that's, that's what I need God to do for me. I want to make all the right business decisions, all the right investments, and then I would daydream about that. Oh, I wish I had done this. And, in my, and, and you just, you can almost, if you, you can just pause for a minute, you can almost hear the Lord saying to you, you're wrong. If I gave you all the money you want, if I gave you all the positions you wanted to have, your world wouldn't be perfect. But for, 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 uh, for a lot of us, we've been tempted to believe that that's going to fix everything. And you know, even Oprah Winfrey says it's not true. She says people think that my money can solve their problems, and they're wrong. My money can't fix your attitude. My money can't make you like people. Position and power over people doesn't fix everything. Some guys want to be a pastor so bad, and that's their dream. I want to be a preacher. Why? So they can, you know, they can mix it up and get that juice going. You know, they can get up and preach. And, you know, there's that whole, that, and I understand there's nothing wrong with having a dream and a passion, but if your worldview is this solves everything, if I just date that guy, if I get married to this person, if I live in that house, if I get up to go on that vacation. Sometimes I watch Chopped, you know? You ever watch that show? I think it's a great little show. I like it. I can't cook like that, but it's fun to watch. I hate it when they hold the little thing and says, you're going to be chopped, and then they go to the commercial. I can't stand that. I hate that part. <laughs> I know they're going to do it, but I still hate it every time. But then when they come back and they tell you, okay, you are chopped because of A, B, or C. There's something about this problem of, when I hear them, I hear a lot of the cooks say, why do you want to win the $10,000? And they say, because I want to go on a vacation. And it's like they get high, you know. I'm going on a vacation. I'm opening a, open a restaurant with $10,000, probably not. But I'm going to a restaurant. I'm going to save it. You know, and I understand, but, you know, they got to pay tax on it. That's about 30%, so they really get seven. But, you know, my, my point is when you look at it and you think about how, how starry-eyed they are in that moment, I look at them and I say, I've had $10,000, and it didn't do that. If anything, it flew away real fast. My, when, you, when you make money, your worldview changes. And you start realizing that you've made assumptions that aren't true. And you've been drawn away into temptations and lies that are temptation and lies. So here's the question. What have you been tempted to believe? What worldview have you painted that is not true? I'll give you one before I read this verse for you. Final verse for the day. Your health is marginal. And you think your worldview is 
nothing will happen to you. You think it's okay to behave this way in a relationship and they'll never leave you. You think you can continue in crime because you're so good you haven't been caught that you'll never be caught. I want you to just think there are a lot of people in prison, a lot of people today whose lives are messed up because they made this assumption. You can talk to your kids this way and you think that's okay. Your worldview is, I'm the mama, you're the child, you need me, but here's the thing you don't realize. They all grew up. Guess what? You did. Your worldview can corner you. Sometimes when I deal with people and I, they bring me their issues, and I, I look at them, and here's what, here's, what, here's what I say in my head. What part did you play in creating this reality? Could it be your view? The way you think could, be, could that be at the core? And here is the deal I've come to understand. Until your worldview changes, there's nothing I can do. I can give you $50,000 and you'll still be in the same place. Because you, you don't have boundaries. I can give you the best man on the planet. I can give you the best woman. I can, give, I can go, look, I can go in, 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 in the jungles of Brazil and bring her back to you. Go to the jungles of Africa and get you a man riding on an elephant. Perfect brother for you. Bring him to your door. I can bring him to your door. And you will run him crazy. <laughs> You'll run her crazy because of your worldview, your view. Well, here's what I think. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Right there. That's the point. And when you pause, I, 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 I wish, I wish, <laughs> I wish it was so simple. I, I used to think, God, if you just give me a, another 500 people, 100 people. How big is the membership this year? Oh, it's 300. Great. Then we get 300. Then we get 300 more members. Then 200 members. And then there's 3,400. This is a true, true number active members in this church. You come in small pieces. And then there's another thousands of you to watch. Okay. Okay. Is that five more? Ten more? Twenty? I mean, at some point, I realized, no, temple, temple. It's not more people. It's not more money. It's not more, it's not more jobs. It's not more places to travel. It's not more cars. It's not more clothes. It's not another tie or another title. Sometimes what God wants to do is change my view. He wants me to sit down and say, look, dude, sit down, think with me. What are you doing? What are you doing to yourself? What are you doing with what I've already given you? you know, I'm disappointed. A little bit. Let me explain. Why are you sitting now? Because I want to. There was a time when I was a preacher, I wouldn't have done this because I was trying to be in pride, just, just not anointed looking. <laughs> nah, I don't care. 
time, you know, in my life when I, 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 had, I had some ideas about success. When I was in college, for example, I remember thinking, I want to be with all my friends. That was my worldview. That my friends were so important. So I stayed in day school when I should have transferred to night school. The only reason I didn't transfer to night school is because the old people were in night school. You know those people in their 30s? <laughs> those ancient people with children and families and they were married? Why would I want to go to night school? Well, I mean, you got to work full time because you don't have a deal where you can't pay for your schooling, so you need to go to night school because the schedule's better. But my worldview was, my friends are so important to me. Really? Really? I was wrong. I ended up having to go to night school to finish because I had to work <coughs> full time. That was my reality. My worldview was wrong. And what's amazing is all those people you tried to stay in day school for, you can't find them now. <laughs> all those people, all those people, all those people you tried your best to impress or be around, they ran off and did their own thing. Is it your worldview? Okay, where did it come from? We're done. Where did it come from, your worldview? Okay. Did it come from daddy, mama? Where did it come from? Sometimes it did. Sometimes it came from a parent, but not all the time. James says something that was pretty profound. God, he says something. Man, this guy really comes up with this incredible summary that just says something that makes me go, wow. Let me show you in these tips that will help you manage your challenges, first of all. And I'll show you what James said. First thing he says, if you want to manage the challenges in your life, in your world, be tough. We got that part. Okay. Secondly, he said, be honest about the origin of your temptation. Let no one say, verse, verse 13, when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Let each one is tempted, I'm sorry, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own what? Desires and enticed. Sometimes it has nothing to do with someone tempting you. It has to do with something that I want to do. A friend of mine went out with him. I was in Seattle this past week. And his name is, is uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, his name is Casey Treat. Casey's a nice guy. And uh, I've known Casey for quite a while. Great preacher, great church there in Seattle. And Casey uh, <laughs> is telling me, um, we're out to eat, eat lunch. He said, uh, yeah, I was out. Bear hunting. Bear hunting? Let me understand this. Okay, so you <laughs> and some other preacher friends and some friends, wherever they were, went out looking for a bear? <laughs> I've just never had that desire. I just, it never even came to my mind. I, and to be honest with you, I don't know that I really knew that people did that. I'm curious. How many, anybody here hunt? Any hunters? Nobody hunts? Yes, I hunt. Well, I, what kind of church is this people don't hunt? Okay. So, 
I had about two or three in the last service. But anyway, so if I was in Texas or certain parts of the country with my friends, they, a lot of them hunt. They go hunt stuff, looking for it. So he told me, this is the case, he told me, he says, now they didn't hunt with guns, they hunt with bow and arrows. Oh, you Robin Hood. <laughs> so, let me see. See, me, I, let me tell you something. Then they climb up in a tree, looking, waiting for the bear to walk by. Now see, if I, see my problem is, and then he told me this story how, yeah, I was out there, bow and arrows, and then the bear came by and he, he could smell me, I could tell he could smell me. And so I froze, because the bear, and then the baby bears with him ran up the tree next to him. So he stepped in, don't want to move because he didn't want the bear to see him. Now I'm thinking to myself, see, why are you in this mess? <laughs> this is a mess. You better be glad I wasn't with you. You know what I'm saying? I, because, because first of all, what are we doing up in this tree? <laughs> Trying to shoot a bear with an arrow. You know what I'm saying? And so, see, my problem is if I shoot him and miss, oh, God, help me. Jesus. <laughs> I'd be done dropped arrows and everything. It's a terrible. You don't want me on the hunt. It's a bad sight. And I mean, he's just as calm. And hey, listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me. He's excited. This is, oh yeah, we were bear hunting. Wow. Really? Woo. Okay. And then he says, he goes further. He says, oh yeah, you know, and uh, we, um, now, sometime in Alaska, I said, did you have a gun? He said, no, I didn't, we only carried bow and arrows on that one. He said, now, we're in Alaska hunting, we carry a weapon. I said, oh, I, you go to Alaska where the bigger bears are. <laughs> where the, well, what? What? I'm thinking, what in you? <laughs> Nothing in me wants to do that at all. When you're tempted. James says, something's in you. Not always somebody else. And that, that, if I can arrest that moment and say, I like doing that. For whatever reason, and I personally think it's healthy to say that to myself. To say to myself, I like A's without studying. That's me. I like, I like to buy stuff and don't pay for it. I can look at your FICO score and tell you that's what you would like. <laughs> you go, go, go to places, buy up all that stuff, and get mad when they call you. Uh, you're watching the TV. <laughs> their TV. You're watching their TV. And you're mad because they call you to ask you for the money to pay for the TV you're watching Christian programmers on. Right? That TV. You upset? What you calling the house for? For our television. <laughs> Listen, I do not have the car payment. Now, don't call back here again. See, now then you look outside, you see the tow truck. <laughs> and you're upset. <laughs> Your worldview is, I can get you to give me something. And I don't have to pay you back. That's, I didn't learn that from my mom and my daddy. But that's just that I developed that unhealthy worldview. Last question for the day. Does anybody know anybody who owes you some money and never paid you back? Raise your hand if you got people who never paid you back. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand. I want to see. Okay, why, why didn't they pay you? Why didn't they pay you back? They said they ain't got it. That's okay. Why, why didn't they pay you back? They didn't pay you back either? Why not? He said he didn't have, there's a lot of don't have it's going on right here now. 
Anybody else? Why they didn't pay you back? Why they didn't? Why, why didn't pay you back? She didn't want to pay you back. Didn't, just didn't want to. Yeah. Why she didn't pay you back? They forgot they owed you. <laughs> when they remember, did they pay you? They still didn't pay you when they remember. Okay. God, I forgot I owe you thousand dollars. I forgot. I just went out of my mind. Zip. No brothers, brothers, nobody owe you money. Is that what it is? Brothers didn't raise their hand. Yeah. I mean, there, there are moments I see somebody must owe you money. You look like, mm, yeah. <laughs> why they didn't pay you back? Why did they pay you back? I don't know. You don't know? They got a new car. You had to ask for a ride. That's what you had to ask for. Their view. I tell the story about one of my family members. She, she called me. She said, she said she loaned somebody some money in the family, and they didn't pay her back. It was several hundred dollars, and so she called me. She says, Rick, he didn't pay me back. I said, you're never going to get it. She said, I'm getting my money. I said, listen to me. That is donated. You will never in your life. You're never going to see it again. And she said, I'm, I'm, well, she was so mad after I told her that, but she still didn't get it. It's his view. I'm serious. I love him. God knows that's his view. He never plans ever to pay you money. That's why when he asked me last time, I said no. Because I know you don't believe it's against your religion to pay back. I know that's against your religion. Your worldview is my money is your money, and your money is not my money. What's your worldview? What is the view that you hold? that may be hindering your life, your family, and all of God's future plans and potentials for you. Here's what I think you ought to do. I think you need to stop for a moment and say to yourself, okay, maybe I need to be quicker to hear, slower to speak, like verse 19 says. And maybe don't get angry so fast and just take a step back. This is not, let's look, look at the preacher for a second. This is not because you're a bad person. This is just a worldview you need to adjust. The way you see things shows up in the way you do things. And next week I'm going to talk about that. How your works and your actions say a lot. And I sometimes don't really know what I believe until I see what I do. It's looking at myself and saying, you didn't work out all week. You know that was bad to eat and you ate it anyway. And you did that all week. You promised that you were going to spend time with your wife, but you didn't. You promised that you were going to spend time with your kids. You promised yourself you'd go to bed early at night, but you're still up late at 3 o'clock in the morning. Your actions and your words don't line up. And here's, here's what you need. If you take this, 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 please buckle up. No guilt. Don't feel guilty. Just think about this. That means Ricky Temple needs to have an honest, courageous conversation about how I see the world. I need to sit up with myself and say, my view of the world may need to be adjusted. And right now, believe it or not, that's what I'm doing. I'm going through this whole metamorphosis in my mind. I I've had to adjust my view of the world. 
Right now, there's a thousand people that will be home watching this. I had to accept that everybody's not coming in the building. That's okay. I can live with that. I had to understand that 60% of our income comes outside the building. People give online. They're not going to always bring you. That's okay. Accept that. Embrace it. I have to understand that, that I can't go much longer because you're going to fall asleep. That's part of life. <laughs> my view of the world, my view of the world may need to be adjusted. My view of myself, where I am. And let me tell you, it's scary. I saw things in, my, in myself that scared me. It's hard, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say because of my worldview and the temptations I allow to control my life, I will never have the opportunity to do certain things. Let's pretend. I come to your house and you ask me to paint one room. How many rooms did you ask me to paint? And I absolutely freak out. I get angry. I take forever to do it. Are you going to ask me to paint the whole house? God looks at you and says, you know, I can't give you all the money that I would give you because if I do, you're going to freak out. I can't give you more. I want to give you more, but if I give you more, it's probably best for me to give you less. Because if I, because of your worldview, it's too dangerous to give you more. And so you start seeing it happen. You want the promotion, the Lord says, I can't give you that. I can't give you that kind of man. I can't give you that kind of guy. Your worldview, you'll destroy him. You'll fight him off. You'll hurt him. Why would I give you my faithful servant to do that to? Why would I give you this woman that's going to be faithful to you? And you why? There's, there, why would, why? I'm telling you, as a pastor of the church, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Mm. Man. How can I say this right? Every time a pastor fails, every time a past church loses their building or they have a financial wreck or a moral failure and the guy at the top like me collapses, there's this subtle thing that happens with people around me. You okay? That wasn't me. One person asked me just yesterday. They said, well, what, what's, what's going to protect us from um, when you're gone, from somebody coming in and taking everything that we have? You know, how, how are you going to prevent us? They asked me yesterday. How, how are you going to prevent us from losing our properties and stuff that we've worked to pay for all these years? You know what I told them? If we have the right worldview, We'll be okay. I can create bylaws and, and I can put all I can in, in, on paper, all I can. 
But the best thing you can ever do for you, for your family, is put the right thinking in that family. And you'll recognize the devil when it show up. Come on, say amen. Come on, amen. You'll recognize it. So that's why this series is so important. Because after this series is over, you'll say, when Christ has come, because of my worldview, I know how to do it. I'll ask God. I'll work it out. When everything gets rocky in the house, you say, okay, I see myself in this. Let me fix my worldview and let me adjust myself. Let's pray. Father, today we leave. I pray that what we've said has been helpful. I pray that when we leave this room, we'll open our hearts to you. I ask you to help us see ourselves. You love us, God, right where we are. And one of the best things we can do is be honest and identify the things that we think that aren't helpful. And allow your spirit to work in us. Allow you to help us find the right worldview. And once we, Lord, are honest with you, you can give us all that you want us to have. So we thank you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you said, Pastor, you know, after hearing this message, I need, I need God in my life. I need, I need to make a decision about serving God. My worldview so far has been sincere, but I need to start new. And I want you to pray for me. I want to invite God in my life in a new way. I want to start a brand new walk with God. With every eye closed, every head bowed. If you want me to pray that prayer for you, I want you to raise your hand. Say, yeah, let me see. I see you. Anybody else? Three, four, five. Anybody else? Six, seven. Anybody else? Saying, pray that prayer for me, Pastor. Thank you so much. Father, we pray for all these who raise their hands and many who raise their hearts both here and at home. Touch them today and let this be the beginning of a new moment in their life. When they say, God, I submit my worldview to you, my life to you. The part in me that's not going in the right direction, I submit to you. The habits, the attitudes, I submit to you. I don't want to be the person that you can't let paint the whole house because I'm having fit in one room. If I'm having this kind of attitude with one child and you want me to have three, God help me in Jesus' name. If you want me to be able to manage a million dollars, but I'm having a hard time with 30,000, Lord, help me change my attitude. Father, I pray for those people who raised their hands a moment ago, said they want to let this be the beginning of a new walk with Jesus, where they would say, I surrender my life to you, Lord, and I commit my life to serving you with all my heart. May this be the beginning of a new relationship in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen.